Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. The final from Yankee Stadium in New York, game one of the American League Division Series. It's the New York Yankees four, the Cleveland Guardians one. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And yeah, it's the playoffs. It's tough games. And unfortunately, you know, home field advantage is home field advantage for a reason. The Yankees take game one in their home stadium. And now the Guardians got some work cut out for themselves, right? They got to go to work and see if they could steal game two and flip this home field advantage for themselves. Now, frankly, even with a four to one game, it was a pretty competitive baseball game most of the way. Uh, the Guardians absolutely had their opportunities. And I think the big storyline in this game is that when the Yankees give you opportunities or when you've got a guy on the ropes, we have got to find a way to get an RBI hit that's not a home run. I think that's the big storyline of the playoffs so far. The Guardians have scored every run of the playoffs so far via the home run, and that's not their game. Rallies are their game, and they just have not been able to come up with the RBI hit, even in bases loaded situations. We can't come up with the RBI hit. Now, the Yankees did what the Yankees are going to do. They hit their home runs, put up four runs, supported their starting pitcher, uh, you know, actually got great starting pitching from Garrett Cole. We'll talk about him in a second. Uh, they did what they're supposed to do. But if we would have actually cracked through against Cole and gotten one of those RBI hits, man, we were looking at a whole different game there, right? If we could have gotten a little bit more momentum rolling. We had momentum early. We just could have gotten a, one of those great hits. One of those big rallies going. Man, we really could have uh, changed the momentum in that stadium. Because after Stephen Kwan hit that home run, uh, there were some... Uh, there were some people that puckered up a little bit uh, in that stadium, right? Just imagine if when they had the bases loaded, if they could have come through with something. All right, so we'll get into the details. We'll get into all those situations. Just to show you uh, the positivity that Guardians fans had until probably Rizzo hits the two-run home run in the bottom of the sixth inning. Uh, got an email uh, from uh, a David and uh, unfortunately, he ma- emailed us in the top of the sixth inning. So Rizzo hits his home run in the bottom of the sixth inning. David got on the computer and sent over an email in the top of the sixth inning. Just a moment too early. But I appreciate you, David. I appreciate you, the email. He said, we're currently in the top of the sixth inning, and I love our position right now. Quantrill has almost matched Garrett Cole for five innings, and we're only down one. I firmly believe once we get to the Yankees' bullpen, the game will change for the Guardians. Having the youngest team in MLB will be a blessing this postseason, as the guys are too young to really get caught up in the pressure of the playoffs. If we can split the first two games, we are in great shape. He said, love the podcast. Thanks for keeping up with an incredibly busy MLB schedule. Yeah, David, it's been a wild ride, hasn't it? Um... So I, I love the positivity from David here. And, you know, he does have a good sentiment. This young team, I don't think they really crumbled to the pressure of the playoffs. I think they played hard from beginning to end of this game. Uh, I think the, they they just couldn't come up with that big hit, that big moment uh, that we needed from them. And, uh, yeah, he's right. If we split the first two games and there's another game Thursday, we're still in great shape. I mean, frankly, the last time we faced... 
actually two times ago when we faced the Yankees in the playoffs, uh, we were up two games to nothing. And then they came back and rattled off the next three. So you just got to stay with this team. You got to stick with them, right? Got to hope our pitching depth can outlast their pitching depth a little bit here. Uh, So we face a lefty in game two, which is going to be a bit of a challenge for us. We do struggle a little bit against lefties, but you never know. You never know. It's the playoffs. We got to play the games out and find out. So, David, I appreciate the email. Uh, Man, you're probably, after you hit send, you were probably thinking to yourself, uh, man, I should have waited one more inning before I sent that email. Uh, But I appreciate the email anyways, David. Uh, Definitely check in with us next game, and we'll see how we do if we can split uh, these first two games. So let's get into the storylines of this game. And I am. I'm going to start with the Guardians' opportunities early in this game. Because, man, we had base runners on. We were moving. You thought it was going to come through. You thought something big was going to happen. And uh, it starts with Ahmed Rosario reaching on a fielding error in that first inning. Uh, A big opportunity here. Connor Falefa basically giving us an opportunity here with a fielding error. Now, the ball was hit at 104 miles per hour, so it was smashed at Connor Falefa. But he can't field it cleanly. Rosario reaches. You got to think Rosario's speed played a factor in this. Uh, you know, if that's Austin Hedges chugging down the line, he probably doesn't try to rush uh, to get the ball into his glove, get the ball out of his glove, and get a throw-off, where he does rush a little bit here against Ahmed Rosario, which probably causes him to not feel it cleanly. Unfortunately, though, Jose Ramirez would battle. He would battle uh, a big at-bat against, uh, against Garrett Cole, but eventually he would strike out. And uh, Ahmed Rosario would steal second on the strikeout. Uh, he got Ramirez to uh, expand and swing at one out of the zone. Uh, but Ahmed Rosario steals. And again, maybe they get a tag on him. But I think it's Donaldson covering because they had the shift on. And he just can't hang on to the ball. It's kind of a high and wide throw. And he's trying to swipe the tag down. And he can't get it down on Ahmed Rosario. So speed again. Steals second base. We have an opportunity here. Josh Naylor strikes out swinging. So... Strikes out are two, you know, big hitters in the middle of our lineup with a guy on in the first inning. An opportunity goes by the wayside. All right, second inning. After we set them down one, two, three to start the game, Kyle Quantrill is just locked in. Strikes out the first two hitters before getting Glaber Torres to fly out the center. Deep to center, but flies out the center. Uh, Oscar Gonzalez would pop out. Andres Jimenez shoots a double down into the right field corner. A nice job by Jimenez finally getting on base after he struggled in the wild card series. Unfortunately, Will Brennan would strike out swinging, and then Austin Hedges would strike out swinging. So once again, we get a guy in the scoring position. And then two big strikeouts from uh, from Garrett Cole. Man, it seemed like when he got people on base, uh, he actually got filthier. Right? That curveball got nastier. And we'll talk about his pitch mix in a second, but man, the curveball. Oof. Uh, going over to his strikeouts here, going over to the illustrator on Baseball Savant. Uh, for those of you joining us, a lot of the information we get is from the Baseball Savant website, also known as StatCast. Um, it, got a, it has a lot of great tabs, a lot of great information, including I could look at Garrett Cole's strikeouts, and I could tell you the location, I could tell you the pitch, and it's four knuckle curves, Three sliders, all down basically at the knees or below. One inside fastball, that was to Jose Ramirez. 
That was the one up and into Jose Ramirez in the first inning. Everything else is knuckle curve or slider at the knees or below. So, uh, yeah, I think the off-speed stuff was really working for Garrett Cole in this one. All right, let's get back to these Guardians opportunities because, oh, man, there were plenty of them, and it just, it just, man, it was it was painful. It was a little bit painful that the big one didn't come through. So in the third inning, Stephen Kwan has his moment, has his New York moment with one out. Stephen Kwan comes up, and he absolutely smokes one. Now, it's a Stephen Kwan-style home run. Uh, he gets one kind of middle-middle, frankly. And uh, Quan hits it 96.2 miles per hour, 32-degree launch angle, 360 to the seeds at short porch in right field, and only had an expecting batting average of 190. But this is New York, and uh, in New York, they call that a home run. Uh, yeah, that short porch is ridiculous, but it's nice to see Stephen Quan taking advantage of it. So, boom, there we go. We put the first run of the game across, and yeah. Those New York fans did shut up a little bit, didn't they? Right? Things got a little bit quiet and got a little bit interesting. Um, going to the actual at-bat. Let's go to the actual matchup here between Quan and uh, Garrett Cole. His second time facing him. Uh, actually, let's go to his first time facing him. Let's see if there's any clues in that first at-bat. Tons of fastballs in that first at-bat. Trying to stay away. Uh, eventually, the sixth pitch of the at-bat would be a fastball at the knees. And uh, he would line out hard to Anthony Rizzo. So, yeah, he was kind of locked in on that fastball a little bit, wasn't he? Uh, he was ready for the fastball. Well, the second at-bat, the second time he faces him, tries to throw some knuckle curves, misses below the zone, doesn't chase the knuckle curve. It worked better later in at-bats to get guys to chase. Uh, but eventually, at a 2-0 count, has to come back with a fastball. And he puts one right at the thighs, middle of the plate. And it's just a little bit low of the belt, but this is basically middle-middle. And uh, he turns on this thing, and even took a little bit off it. It was only 96.8 miles per hour. So, uh, you know, one of the slower fastballs that Garrett Cole threw on the day. I guess his minimum fastball went all the way down to 94.2. His average was 97, and his max was 99.1. So he did take a little bit off it to make sure he could get a strike in there on a 2-0 count. And uh, Quan makes him pay. So a great at-bat for Stephen Quan, A huge moment. And it really, I mean, we had him. We had him in this third inning. This was the inning. Man, if we could have turned this into a crooked number, this was the inning. Ahmed Rosario would get hit by the pitch. Jose Ramirez would shoot a double into the left center field gap. He smokes one at 105.5 miles per hour. Uh, it's a perfect line drive, 11-degree launch angle, 240 right into that soft spot in left center field, and a big hustle double. If this thing gets to the wall, Ahmed Rosario scoring, but they cut it off in center field. Ahmed Rosario has to hold a third. Ramirez is in easily with a double at second. Then the cra uh, you know, some crazy plays happen. Uh, Josh Naylor with uh, the infield in shoots one at first baseman. Anthony Rizzo, 102.4 mile per hour shot, but it's right at Rizzo's feet. He tries to come home with it. He tries to read Ahmed Rosario off third base. Now, you're supposed to look the runner back, but Ahmed Rosario does kind of break on contact. And uh, Rizzo comes up with it, throws home. Unfortunately, he rushes the throw a little bit. Trevino behind the plate. It does it look like he kind of gets it lost in the dirt for a second or stumbles with it for a second. 
that pause allows uh, Ahmed Rosario to <laughs> rethink all his life decisions and make it back to third base. He slides back into third base, and he's safe getting back to the bag. No force, no reason to go. He's able to get back, and now we've got bases loaded, and the New York fans are probably thinking to themselves, what the hell? How do we not get an out in this play? Now we've got bases loaded, and now we've got Oscar Gonzalez up, the guy that just hit the monster home run to send these guys to come face us. And unfortunately, Oscar Gonzalez gets very aggressive. They, it felt like they were aggressive all game against Garrett Cole. Uh, on, uh, on 101 pitches, they swung 52 times. So more than 50% of the time, they were taking the bat off their shoulder and they were swinging at things. That's pretty aggressive uh, against a really good pitcher. And Oscar Gonzalez does it here. First pitch swing, he gets a slider. Of course he gets a slider. That's what they love throwing Oscar Gonzalez. It's a slider on the plate. Unfortunately, he grounds out the third baseman, Josh Donaldson, who comes home to Trevino, gets the force out at the plate. Everybody else moves up a base, and we stay with bases loaded. All right, uh, I don't love it, uh, but yeah, I get it. Oscar Gonzalez being aggressive. He did get a pitch in the strike zone. Unfortunately, he couldn't do anything with it. Uh, and then Andres Jimenez uh, works a uh, six-pitch at bat. He's following things off. Uh, it's a, he works it to a 2-2 count at one point, fouls off a knuckle curve. Oh, this was the one. I know what this at bat was. This at bat, so Cole gets it to a 1-2 count and then throws him a slider right at the knees, and I'm telling you, this thing is right on the bottom of the strike zone, and he doesn't get the call. He doesn't get the call with the slider at the knees. It should have been. It was. It was strike three, and he doesn't get the call. Uh, Jimenez, you know, everybody kind of freezes and waits for that umpire to put his arm up, and he just never does. And the whole crowd felt it. Cole obviously was mad about it. Throws him another breaking ball even lower this time. Uh, It's in the middle of the plate, but it's down below the knees that he fouls off. And then he goes down there one more time with the slider, so he changes the angle of it slightly, the spin of it slightly, and gets him to swing through it for strike three. So Cole, mad about not getting the call right there at the knees, basically throws him two more breaking balls in a similar location, but this time makes sure to bury them down below the knees, down at the shoe tops, and he gets him to swing through it finally for strike three. So uh, interesting from Cole there. He's like, I'm going to make this work, and throws in the same spot, basically, to Jimenez. And Jimenez obviously realizes that he just took what should have been strike three. He doesn't want to make that mistake again, so he's going down there and swinging at it this time uh, and eventually strikes out. It's a rough strikeout. Threw him a lot of breaking balls and uh, curveballs and sliders down and in at the knees and eventually gets him to strike out in this at-bat. So Jimenez, you know, he had the double earlier, but he can't come through with the bases loaded here. This was it. This was the big opportunity. This third inning, you had three at-bats with runners in scoring position, and you can't get anything done. Well, it's not surprising that the final line on the day has the Guardians going 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position. And then the Yankees' offense would wake up. Harrison Bader gets a solo home run in the bottom of the third inning to tie the game. Now, this one was a no doubt about it. He hit it 109.8 miles per hour. 22-degree launch angle, 406 feet out to left field, 960 expected batting average. 
the Guardians would go one, two, three. Jose Ramirez would draw a walk in the fifth. They basically pitch around him with two outs, but Naylor would line out at 96.7 miles per hour. And then uh, they would get a little rally going in the bottom of the fifth as well to take the lead. We have the Donaldson play. Donaldson hits one. 97.7 mile per hour exit velocity, 28 degree launch angle, 331 to the short porch and right field, a 380 expected batting average, and it hits off the top of the wall. I guess there's no yellow line in Yankee Stadium. I don't think it would have mattered, but there's no line at the top of the wall to determine what's a home run and what's not. There's just the top of the wall. So if it hits padding and comes back into the field of play, there's nothing to determine whether it was a home run or not. And it burns Josh Donaldson here. He goes into a home run trot. He thinks he's got one clean. And, uh, I mean, Oscar Gonzalez does an insane job of playing it off the wall, literally catches it off the bounce, and throws a strike to second base. Not a one-hopper. I mean, just a missile from right field to second base. Uh, Donaldson's caught in between the bases. They throw back to first, and they tag him out trying to get back to the bag. He's shocked. He doesn't know. He's like, what the hell? I hit a home run. And they're like, no. No, Josh, you didn't. And there's no argument. Uh, I don't know if it was an official challenge or not, uh, but we saw the replay a couple times, and it was pretty clear. No fan touched it. It hit the top of the wall. It's an unfortunate thing for Donaldson. It's a fortunate thing for the Guardians. I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better bounce right to Gonzalez and then a missile of a throw. You know, a lot of people are wondering on Guardians Twitter why Gonzalez is out there because uh, he wouldn't make an error on the next play, unfortunately, uh, but why he's out there for defense over Will Brennan. And uh, I think Francona just really loves his arm. I I, I got to imagine that's it. Francona just really loves his arm out there. And... Uh, you know, he might not move the best uh, between Brennan and, you know, Gonzalez. Brennan might move a little better in the outfield, might be a little smoother. But Gonzalez has a missile, a cannon of an arm, and they have to respect that. So that's why he's out there. And he throws out uh, Josh Donaldson and works. Now, in the next batter, counter for Leffa, he hits one that rattles around the corner, and he can't field it cleanly, and he ends up going all the way to third. So it scored a single with an error, moves the runner up to third. Um... And now they've got a runner on third, one out, and Trevino, uh, you know, puts in the work, hits a sack fly into center field. Uh, nothing struck and do. He goes back on it, makes the catch, and Connor Falefa is going to score easily. So this is the point that David emailed us uh, when the game was two to one, and uh, you know we were still in this thing. We were absolutely still in this thing. Unfortunately, then the Yankees would get another two-run home run. We would walk Aaron Judge to start the sixth inning, and then he spins a cutter for Anthony Rizzo right down the middle of the plate, and Rizzo unloads on the thing, 104.9 miles per hour, 39-degree launch angle, 378 out to the porch in right field. This one was a home run, though. 460 expected batting average. This one was a home run. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's not much to this one. He put a cutter right down the pipe, just spun one. You know, Francona even called it a cutter slider, right? They, They kind of think of that pitch that way. Uh, because it's really he doesn't really throw many more off-speed pitches or breaking pitches. It really is the two-seam sinker and the cutter slider. And it's a spinner right down the middle of the plate. And Rizzo got a gift, and he was able to deliver for the Yankees. So now it's 4-1. to one. The Guardians do threaten one more time. They do threaten one more time. They get back-to-back singles from Miles Straw and Stephen Kwan. And we've got a chance here. Kwan with a great shot in the opposite way. 
in this inning. I love seeing him single the opposite way. Uh, this is in the top of the seventh inning. Um, so we got two guys on, and then it brings up Ahmed Rosario. And what is he going to do? He's going to ground into a double play to shortstop. We've seen it a lot. Again, it made a lot of people on Guardians Twitter mad. Look, Rosario has come through countless times. I'm not an Ahmed Rosario hater. Uh, I still wish, I still wish this guy would learn how to play first base just because there's so many young shortstops coming up in the system. But you've got to give Ahmed Rosario a little bit of respect for uh, what he does out there. And what he does, unfortunately, a lot of the time is hitting a double place, though, and especially with Steven Kwan on in front of him. Uh, it happens so many times. It usually happens the leadoff a game. Not in the seventh inning here. Uh, so another chance for the Guardians to get back into this game. And, uh, you know, this is off of their bullpen, too. This is off of Jonathan Loja. Uh, Cole gets knocked out of the game after Straw singles uh, in the seventh inning. So as soon as a base runner reaches, Cole is out of there. And, uh, unfortunately, Rosario grounds into that double play. Uh, man, wasted opportunities. Another runner in scoring position. And another, you know, can't come up with the hit. So 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position. I mean, that's that's the storyline as far as Guardians fans are concerned. All right. Now, the other thing we got to talk about is the pitching side of things. You're probably wondering how we're 20-plus minutes into this podcast and we still haven't talked about pitching. Uh, yeah, I just thought these Guardians opportunities. There were so many times in this game where you're just like, this is it. This is it. This is the rally. It's going to happen right here. Amir Rosario is going to shoot a you know a double into the corner. This is it. This is going to be the moment. And it just, man, the Yankees pitching just seemed to really lock down when runners were in scoring position. And Garrett Cole pitched himself a fantastic game. Not to take anything away from Cal Quantrill on the other side, but Cole was, he was ace. He was ace level. Six in the third innings pitched, four hits, one earned run, one walk, and that was basically an intentional walk to Jose Ramirez. Eight strikeouts. Does give up one home run, but it's a solo home run on 101 pitches. He's hard hit one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times. On the other side of things, Quantrill does really, it's really good outing. Five innings pitched. He unfortunately gives up four hits. It turns into four runs. Three of them earned because of the error by Oscar Gonzalez. Five, uh, three walks to five strikeouts. That Two home runs. Now, see, this is where things start to go a little downhill. On 84 pitches, he's hard hit only five times. Yeah, home runs and walks. That's a that's a bad combination, especially in the playoffs. Especially a walk and then a home run back-to-back in that bottom of the sixth inning. That's a bad combination in the playoffs. That's going to get you in a lot of trouble in the playoffs. Uh, when we go to the player breakdown page here, uh, Quantrill had good stuff. His cutter actually had a 50% whiff rate. I mean, on 84 pitches, they swung 40 times. They were being almost as aggressive as the Guardians. It's a 35% whiff rate total on the day. Uh, He does add in uh, the sinker was also very good. Six whiffs and eight called strikes. So it's a 31% CSW, which is a measure of called strikes plus whiffs, basically. These are the amount of strikes that the pitcher was able to get on that pitch. Uh, over 30% CSW percentage is pretty good. Uh, 40% is reaching elite territory. Uh, so a 31% CSW on his sinker, a 32% CSW on his cutter. Both pitches were very effective at getting strikes. Uh, barely throws anything else. Three curveballs, three changeups, two fastballs. Uh, they don't even get put in play. 
They barely have an effect on the game. So it's all a two-pitch mix from Cal Quantrill. Uh, on the other side of things, Garrett Cole uh, was just ridiculous with his knuckle curve. He had a 73% whiff rate on his knuckle curve, 8 whiffs on 11 swings. Uh, not to mention add in some whiffs on the forcing fastball, some whiffs on the slider, uh, and it's a 37% whiff rate on the day, 19 whiffs on 52 swings. Add in 11 called strikes, it's only a 30% CSW on the day for Garrett Cole, uh, but that uh, knuckle curve is elite. It's a 42% CSW on that pitch. And I looked up Garrett Cole and Cal Quantrill's numbers uh, from the regular season. So like we said, going back to Cal Quantrill, uh, he had a 50% whiff rate on that cutter in the regular season. That pitch only has a 23.8% whiff rate. So definitely steps it up on the whiff rate there. Uh, the sinker in the regular season only had a 13.7% whiff rate. In this game, uh, he's got it up at a 26% whiff rate. So serious increase there from a guy who was in, ready for this? The Okay, so they have the percentile rankings on StatCast. And I know those of you who have been with me all season have heard these numbers all season. For those of you who haven't been with us all season, I want you to be with us, right? I want you to, I'm playing a little catch-up here for you. So on, on Baseball Savant, on, uh, they have percentile rankings. And uh, basically, compared to the rest of the league, Cal Quantrill was in the fifth percentile, the bottom 5% in the league when it came to whiff rate. That's just not his game is swing and miss. And so he does step up a little bit in this one. Now, on the other side of things, Garrett Cole is in a 92nd percentile when it comes to whiff rate. He's in the top 10%, top 8% of pitchers in all the league when it comes to getting guys to swing and miss. Now, I can tell you that the swing and miss in this game was a little bit ridiculous. Usually, it's the slider that has his best whiff rate on the season. Uh, his slider has a 44.2% whiff rate on the season. The curveball only had a 36.9% whiff rate. Well, in this game, he flips the script a little bit with a 73% whiff rate on that knuckle curve, which he threw the second most of any pitch uh, the slider, he threw uh, he threw the knuckle curve 26 times, the slider only 24 times, and had a 38% whiff rate on the slider. So a little bit less on the slider, a little bit more on the knuckle curve. Uh, I told you where all of uh, where all of Cole's strikeouts came from. Let's just look at the swinging strikes on this one. And this is fascinating from Cal Quantrill. It's either, it's either two seamers, no, so we're going to talk about the arm side of the plate and the glove side of the plate. For a right-handed pitcher like Cal Quantrill, right, the uh, the arm side of the plate would be up and into right-handed hitters, would be up and away to left-handed hitters. The glove side of the plate would be down and away uh, from, or be away from the right-handed hitters into the left-handed hitters. So I can tell you that all his swing and miss came from two-seam sinkers up and uh, high and up to the arm side of the plate and then down and away with the cutters to the low side of the plate. Not one single swing and miss came from a pitch actually in the strike zone. I've got one, two, three, four, five two-seam sinkers up to the arm side of the plate and one cutter up there. And then I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven cutters down and away to the glove side, working like where you would throw a slider. So all of Cal Quantrill's swing and miss comes out outside the strike zone. Meanwhile, Garrett Cole, 
Uh, he does have three swings and misses on fastballs. Uh, but everything else is the knuckle curve and the slider. And they're all down and away to the glove side of the plate. All buried at the knees or below or inside uh, to the lefties there. Like he got one on Andres Jimenez way inside. Um, yeah, it's all knuckle curves and sliders down and away. So the Guardians have to stop chasing down there. If they want to be competitive in this series, they have got to lay off a few breaking balls down and away or down and in. Everybody's a victim here. I've got, you know, I've got Austin Hedges. I've got Josh Naylor a bunch of times swinging at knuckle curves. I've got Oscar Gonzalez expanding the zone, expanding the zone out here. Uh, yeah, so some of our big power hitters were trying a little too hard. I got Jose Ramirez down here. I even got Will Brennan chasing down here. Uh, so some of our power hitters were trying a little too hard to lift that breaking ball. They got to be more patient and lay off that breaking ball in the next game. All right. Unfortunately, I think that's all my thoughts. Uh, you know, that we thought that the bullpen was going to be a weakness for the Yankees. Uh, Loja, Wandy Peralta, and uh, Clay Holmes go out there and give you uh, three scoreless innings of baseball. Eh, two and two-thirds scoreless innings of baseball. So the Yankees' bullpen was not the weakness we thought it was going to be. Uh, our bullpen was very good, kept us in the game. Stefan, De Los Santos, and Karinchek give you three innings of shutout baseball, one-hit baseball. Uh, so they did a very good job of keeping us in the game. But unfortunately, the offense, they had a chance in that seventh uh, there. They had a chance once they knocked Cole out of the game. Just couldn't come up with that big hit all night. So, yes, it's frustrating. Yes, it's tough, but it's game one of a playoff series. Do not give up hope. Do not give up, Guardians fans. This thing is a long way from being over. Um, Crazy things happen in the playoffs. The best example of this is the Houston Astros game. Did you see the Astros game before the Guardians game came on? Did you have TBS on? I literally turned the Astros game on. As they're bringing uh, Robbie Ray out of the bullpen to face uh, Jordan Alvarez with two runners on, with a two-run lead, with two outs in the bottom of the ninth inning. I mean, everything is telling you that the Mariners are going to win that game. They light up Verlander. They jump on him early. They had the momentum. But one bad pitch. He threw him one middle-middle, a fastball middle-middle, and Alvarez demolishes it absolutely demolishes it, and suddenly a three-run home run in the bottom of the ninth inning. It's a walk-off home run. Anything can happen in the playoffs. Moments like that happen all the time. Were the Guardians close in this one? Yeah, I mean, they had the runners on. They had the runners on. They had the situations. That big hit just wasn't there. For the Guardians, it doesn't have to be a big three-run home run. I'll take a double in the corner. I mean, if Jimenez is able to put a double in the corner, it could, uh, you know... With the bases loaded there, a double in the gap, it can clear the bases. That's what we need. we got to get back to focusing on that. Don't try to hit home runs at Yankee Stadium just because it's Yankee Stadium. Play your game. Play your game, and you'll be okay. So let's see if we can convert some of those rallies. we got, again, a tough, you know, our, a tough job cut out for us against a left-handed pitcher, Cortez. He messes with timing. He messes with your swing. We'll see if the Guardians pitchers are able, hitters are able to handle it. We do have Bieber starting in this one. So we've got our ace on the mound now. Uh, so we'll see what he can do in Yankee Stadium. The last time he faced the Yankees in the playoffs was, you know, that COVID season. Didn't go so well. Gave up some home runs. 
So that'll be the big mission for Bieber in this one. Keep the ball in the ballpark and keep giving your team opportunities to get out there against Cortez and see if they can finally get a rally going. It's been three games in this playoffs, and we haven't really gotten a good Guardians rally going. So we've got our work cut out for it. I still have confidence in this team. I'm still going to be up for Thursday's game. Do not give up hope, Guardians fans. Let's go out there and let's make some magic. All right, the final segment we do on the show is we hand out MVP on the day. And I think I got to go with Steven Kwan on this one. I mean, that home run to kick off the scoring was a moment. He does have that single later in the game to keep a rally going. So a multi-hit game for Kwan. Ramirez also had a multi-hit game on this one. The, uh, the only two guardians to have a crooked number in the hit column. But Kwan with the home run. It's our only run scored. I think we got to give him MVP on the day. It was a nice playoff performance from Stephen Kwan. And just keep that rolling. Just keep that rolling. I loved his opposite field hit uh, in the seventh inning. I love that approach. That's the Stephen Kwan we know and love. So uh, what a game from him to kind of kick off this Yankee series. Unfortunately, the rest of the offense doesn't get rolling with him. So MVP on the day is going to Stephen Kwan. All right, that's all my thoughts on this one. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. That's what this show is all about. We're going to break down the game. We're going to discuss the game in detail, and we're going to stay positive. We're going to stay positive because I believe in these guys. I believe in this team. So stay with us. We're going to be doing this for every game in the postseason. We do this for every game in the regular season. So, yeah, we're going to be doing it for every game in the postseason. We are going to be behind this team, and we're going to talk real baseball. This isn't gut feelings. This is this is actual numbers, actual stats, actual data, actual plays on the field. We talk real baseball on the show. All right, you can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game. Let me know your thoughts on the series, just like David did, and we'll discuss it on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play it back on the air. We'll respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.